Hello folks and welcome to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. My name is Graham Stevens and I really hope that I can bring a smile to your face. Why do only fools and old work Hello there, and welcome back. Thomas Patrick O'Connor was born on the 31st of October 1939, and passed away on the 18th of July 2021. He was an English comedian, television presenter and actor. Originally a comedian in working men's clubs, he progressed to hosting TV game shows such as Crosswits, The Zodiac Game, Name That Tune, Password and Gambit. He was born in Bootle and attended St Mary's College, Crosby. St Mary's College, Twickenham. He became a mathematics and music teacher at St Joan of Sark School, Bootle. He was also assistant headmaster. After work, he appeared as a comedian in working men's clubs. His television break came when he appeared on The Comedians. During the 1970s and 1980s, he was one of the most popular faces on British TV. He was a subject of the television programme This Is Your Life in 1977 when he was surprised by Eamon Andrews. He continued to host many shows, including Name That Tune, Wednesday at 8, The Tom O'Connor Show, Gambit, Crosswits, and many more, including The Tom O'Connor Road Show for the BBC. This show ran daily at lunchtime and was watched by over 12 million viewers each day, but was an expensive show to mount as it came from a different town each week, requiring the production team to move weekly. The show had several young producers who were overseen by executive producer Steve Weddle, and came out of the now defunct BBC Pebble Mill Studios. The script was written by O'Connor and writer Barry Faulkner, who had worked with Tom O'Connor on his previous shows, with up-to-date minute changes being made just before broadcast. In 2000, Tom made his television acting debut as Father Tom, a Catholic priest, in the BBC series Doctors. On 24th of February 2006, he was given an award for having appeared as a guest on the TV programme Countdown 100 times. Tom won Celebrity Come Down With Me, scoring a record-breaking 29 out of 30 on the 14th of March 2010. In 2011, Tom appeared in, on Pointless Celebrities, a celebrity edition of the BBC One game show, with his daughter-in-law Denise Lewis, the gold medal-winning Olympic heptathlete. They reached the final, eventually winning £500 for charity. His stage acting debut was as Pike in The Perils of the Pond at the Playhouse Western Super Bear in 1991. Tom also appeared in summer stock theatre, cabaret tours and pantomimes. Tom, who had been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 2007, passed away in hospital on the 18th of July 2021, aged 81. So here is Tom O'Connor, live in his home city of Liverpool, from 1985. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who has broken all box office records here at Russell's, will you welcome on stage the fabulous Tom O'Connor! Ah, uh, bless you. Bless you and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I must say it's nice to be back at Russell's. Anyone who's here for the first time... <laughs> 
you've probably gathered in the couple of hours that you've spent here already how, how, how suave and debonair and how quick thinking the, the gentlemen in the audience really are. Man, you, let's be, we are quick, we are quick. Like the bloke that went into the butchers. He said, hey, pal, there's a sausage on the floor. He said, it's all right, Jim, I've got me foot on it. But it's a natural trait. Because being honest, and we can talk freely, but amongst our own. If we're nothing else around here, by God, we're brilliant. Okay, if we've got a fault, it's probably modesty. I mean, it annoys me, it must annoy you. The fact that we didn't stand up years ago and have ourselves counted because we could have taken over the world. Look how fast we can think. Like the woman shouting at her husband. Will you put the kettle on? He said, I can't get my arm through the spout. Speed. We can think quickly when we're in pain. And the bloke went to the chemist. He said, my head. It's like that. You can't see it, but it's like that. Give me something for me, head. The chemist said, well, nothing acts faster than anodin. He said, well, give us a packet of nothing, will you? Because it's bursting. It's the speed. And we don't abuse our gifts. You won't find people from round here going out and purposely taking the mickey out of others. We wouldn't do that. Good God. If anything, we try to help. Like the little old lady met the student. She said, what to do, son? He said, I'm at the university taking medicine. She said, is it doing you any good? We tried to help. The only people we upset are those who upset us, like show-offs, posers. Uh, the, the big yank come out the dock gate, 48 cameras round his head. Went into a dockside pub and there's a, there's a father and son standing there. The father's a bit mutton Jeff. And he's left his ear and aid at home and they're standing there. This fellow went in and he said, uh, can I have a glass of that dark beer, please? Jim Fuller said, you're American, aren't you? He says, as a matter of fact, yeah, I'm from uh, San Diego, California. He said, he's American! America! <laughs> from America! <laughs> so I'm over here on holiday. On his holidays! <laughs> over here! The last time I came into this pub was during the war. There was a barmaid here called Nellie. By God, what a girl Nellie was. She said, he knows me, ma'am. <laughs> he came out of the pub. And he's walking up the dock road. And there's a ring of fellas. And in the middle on the floor, there's a lad like that. <laughs> he said, what's wrong with him? They said, he wants to go to Jens. He said, why doesn't he go? They said, what? In his dinner hour. Well, he went. He went into one of these dockside cafes, you know the type. If you can't smell it, we haven't got it. You've had four bowls of soup before you realise the roof's leaking. And the girls who work in there, if they can handle dockers, they can handle anybody, can't they? Hey, love, there's a fly in me cake. Give us it back, I'll give you a currant. And... This bloke burst in. Here's me cigar, the rest of me's coming. He said, I want a big celebration meal. She said, big celebration meal. <laughs> he said, I want a sheep's head. Sheep's head one. He said, I want an American sheep's head. Take the brains out. <laughs> That's the speed. And you see, we may possibly, I don't know, we may have friends from overseas in with us this evening. If you have, I mean, uh, if we have... Friends from the New World. I mean, 
it's it's quite possible. Uh, it's quite feasible that you know they're saying what's he talking about? You see, they don't realise it in America. They owe it all to us. Because whether you believe the history books or not, I'm telling you, the history books are rubbish. They will tell you the man came from Genoa. Rhubarb. Christopher Columbus came from Garston. Oh, hi. Big Chris from the Gasworks. Oh, hi. He was the very first European who was able to converse freely with the North American Red Indians. Because being a scout, he could talk with his hands. And he went to the chief, he said, uh, you? Right? With the feddies? And the owns? Well, Mio is going to learn you how to talk like us. And the chief said, Oh, it is. I wouldn't tell you if it wasn't true. He said, first of all, this is Columbus again. First of all, put your hand on that brick. So he put his hand on the brick and Chris went, woof, with a hammer. And the chief shouted, ha! He said, now, letter, B. <laughs> oh. If only we'd had a couple more like that, we could have swung the world. We could have taken over the world. I mean, you know yourselves, when you come to a suave hotel, restaurant or club, like the likes of where we are this evening, all the staff are foreign. Have you noticed? French, Italian, Spaniards. The day is going to dawn when they run out of waiters over there and they're going to send over here for some of our lads. Now, can you imagine the Rome Hilton Hotel with a scouse head waiter? And the flunky on the door with the staff announcing them coming in. So John Smythe, QC, come and show me drink your sherry. <laughs> the Aga can. No, we can't. <laughs> come here, you Aga ship. Got your good speck here, son. You're right by the band. Now, what are you having? You can have ravioli. That's like tea bags in tomato sauce. <laughs> Or salt fish in a basket. <laughs> or would you like soup? Is it compulsory? No, it's mushroom. Now, can you imagine anyone in his right mind snapping his fingers at that waiter? The kiss of death. <laughs> All right, Hans. <laughs> Who are you snapping at, son? Do you want to wake up with a crowd round you? Um, this steak's funny. Well, laugh at it. <laughs> I don't like all these flies in here. Well, tell us which ones you don't like, and we'll chase them. It's the way we are. It is. And the... And the woman nagging her husband, you know the way they do occasionally. You're going out again, are you? Hmm, don't take me, no. I'm just a drudge. Never take me anywhere. Never take me anywhere. You give it a shake, half six Saturday morning. He said, are you coming to the strike meeting? <laughs> she said, I'm not going to the factory with your cronies. 
He said, all right, Parrot. Who's talking about the factory? I'm talking about Hyde Park, London. The great metrolops. <laughs> they get down to Hyde Park. They're going past Speaker's Corner. And there's a fella standing on the rostrum. And what a gob he's got. He's got a nose pointing east, two ears pointing west. Big scar down, and he's shouting. Friends, we've got a lot of new faces here today. Yeah, why don't you grab yourself one? <laughs> when the meeting was over, he said, the lads and me have decided we're going to see a show. Now, of course, if you go to London, where better to go? I mean, you're going to find somewhere where you can have fish and chips or something, and nice and suave, and a few drinks. Where better than the talk of the town? Because, I mean, the talk of the town, they don't book stars. They book giants. They've had Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, Tom Jones. You couldn't get in there with a week's wages. Unless there were 400 of you. Because <laughs> 400 fellas from round here can get in anywhere, can't they? <laughs> and can't you tell when they're coming in? Because when we're drunk, we always elect a spokesman. And he does all the shouting. I mean, they come in, there's a £3,000 a night act on the stage. A big band, they're blasting away and you can't hear them. All you can hear is one voice in the doorway. Yeah, that's straight in here, right across, right to the end. <laughs> the end, Charlie. Well, get them out. <laughs> Couple of big fellas help Charlie with that old woman, will you? Get it out, Charlie, come on. <laughs> yeah, son, uh, 402 chicken in the baskets. <laughs> and out on stage comes one of those suave, sophisticated entertainers. You've seen the fella. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. I don't want London Bridge any longer. Why? It's long enough already. Ha ha! And 400 fellas look up and say, Huh? <laughs> and the bloke at the back gets up with a tray round his neck, and he's walking through the crowd. Yeah, that's apples, oranges, ripe tomatoes. Going down, you know, Hello, hello, hello. Our dog doesn't eat meat. Why? We don't give it any. Ha ha! Hey, yeah, that's apples, oranges, right tomatoes. <laughs> He's getting on my nerves now. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Why does a cow wear a bell? I don't know. Because its horns don't work. Ha ha! Hey, yeah, that's apples, oranges. Apples, oranges. He said, what happened to the ripe tomatoes? They said, here they come now, Jimmy. <laughs> Well, there's three of them coming home in this car that they'd found. <laughs> Bombing along the street, knocked a bobby off his bike. The bobby shouted after the driver, Didn't you see me? He said, I knocked you down, didn't I? <laughs> of course, they're cordoned in, and then you get all the chat. Good afternoon, afternoon. <laughs> the bobby said, is this, uh, is this your car? Are you the driver? He said, yeah. He said, well, why are you sitting in the back? He said, I'm long-sighted. So Bobby said, blow this bag up. So he blew it up, and three days later, the Russians shot it down over Siberia. And the car. They had to ditch it. One and a quarter mile to the gallon. They went to a filling station. They said, fill it up. The fellow come round 20 minutes after. He said, hey, pal, can you switch the engine off? You're catching us up here. <laughs> this... This is the way we behave, isn't it? I mean, we, we've done this from years and years ago. We've, we've grafted. I mean, people around here, we do think quick because we've all suffered. 
There isn't a man, woman or child in this room now who will argue with what I'm going to say. We have all suffered, one time or other, the pain and indignity of going to a dentist. Now, you know the place, you go in, the coat hangers full of coats and there's nobody there. <laughs> you sit in the waiting room and you hear a voice at the back saying, ah! <laughs> And a bloke with blood all down his front comes out and says, Next! You go in, you sit in the chair, he fills your mouth up with cotton wool and iron. Okay. And as soon as your mouth is chock a block, he starts asking you questions. Has it always hurt you? <laughs> then he puts the mask over your face and you're off. <laughs> and you're away. You and Bridget Bardo. Running through the cornfield, smoking your players. <laughs> and she's got a shift on. And so have you. <laughs> you catch up to her and throw her into the waving corn. Whee! And fall beside her. And she looks up and says, Spit in the bowl, love. It's true. But we've earned, we've earned this over years of graft, as I said before. No, there were good days, weren't they? there? I mean, what could we ever look forward to? Well, once a year, Christmas. Right, now you can always tell that Christmas is coming. They always have Easter eggs in Woolies. And... <laughs> At Christmas time, what do you do? All the lads in the pub, Christmas Eve afternoon. 16 pints of bitter on a tray, two in each hand, two under each arm, and you're there. Well, as long as the kids are enjoying themselves, that's the main. <laughs> Is that the main thing? Because sometime or other, over the festive season, you've got to take your child to a pantomime. Do you realise what you're going to take them to watch? This show, live on stage, that they've never seen before, where a man comes out and sings... I'm going away! And 24 people dance across saying, He's going away, he's going away, he's going away! <laughs> and your child is sitting there saying, My dad's brought me to see a crowd and not us here. <laughs> and he hasn't heard the story! Goldilocks! Three bears live in a house, eat porridge and talk! <laughs> Do you realize what could have happened if we'd have had talking bears? The Cunard buildings the morning after the Titanic went down. And a bloke there reading out the list of survivors and a polar bear at the back shouting, Any news of the iceberg, son? That's <laughs> oh, true. And not just that. Christmas has funny effects. I mean, as I said before, all the lads go to the pub Christmas afternoon, but what about Christmas night? Everyone's in the pub. The kids are asleep waiting for Santa. So the whole pub is swinging. And right in the middle, there's always one woman crying. All night. Her husband's completely ignoring her. Shine on me. Shine on me. All this side now. Come on, Evans. All swayed the one way. Come on. Shine on 
He doesn't spot until closing time. And then he's old, mate. What are you crying for? <laughs> what are you crying for? Uh, somebody should have been with her, Jimmy. He's been out, Jimmy's in America. But somebody should have been with him at Christmas. <laughs> he's in America's 3,000 miles. But somebody should have been with Jimmy. He's on his own over there. But our Jimmy's 37. But it should have been with him, somebody. He said, all right. <laughs> I'm going now to America. <laughs> now. His mate said, you can't. The buses have stopped. He said, I'm going. Now. Is that where you're going to get there? He said, look, look, look. Go, America, now. I'm going to row. They all come out of the pub, right down to the, down to the riverside. There it is, a little dinghy, a couple of oars. He's got all his stuff for the transatlantic voyage. Five crates of Guinness, 500 woodies. Jumps in and strikes out for the new world. And they're all waving. God bless you, Charlie. Safe home, son. God go with you, lad. They all went back to the pub. Kept it open till 12 o'clock. Farewell to Charlie night. About 10 to 12, his mate said to Did you uh, take the tow rope off that boat? He said, no. He said, well, he's still tied up to the key. They went down to the quayside, pitch black, you could hear the oars. <laughs> one of them shouted, Charlie! He said, God blimey, no one knows me in America. <laughs> Seriously. Right, no, do you remember years ago when people didn't have the worries they've got now? We didn't have streakers. Streakers? I mean, they're not brave. If they were any good, they'd walk. <laughs> In them days, when you met a girl, you met her to dance, and you danced properly. They don't dance now, do they? They shuffle around and shout now. <laughs> Who are you with? Hit me, mate. <laughs> Getting shot at them, or what? Years ago, we had style. You went to your local dance hall, the girls got in early, the lads were outside trying to borrow a tie. You go in, all the girls were at one end, all the lads were at the bar with pass out stamped on their hands. You made it say, uh, which one do you fancy? I said, the one in the blue looks all right. You look who she's with, though, lads. Don't leave me with her. Don't leave me with her, pal. But when you danced, you danced together. You made it say, if there's one you fancy, blow down her ear while you're dancing. And you wouldn't click, but you're deaf in a couple. And <laughs> the chat we had, God, we were suave. You were doing the foxtrot and she'd say, where are you working? <laughs> Dead polished. And, and you say, uh, atomic research, actually. Uh... <laughs> And she'd say, I'm a TV announcer myself, like, you know. 
The next day, she'd serve you your soup in Stan Walters' cafe on the Zogrog. There was romance. I mean, all the ladies in the room now, weren't your husbands romantic when they proposed? I mean, okay, our style isn't quite hands and knees, I'll admit that. We've got our own style, it's more like hands in a pocket, walk up and down. You get married to what please yourself? I'm not very good looking. That's all right, you'll be at work all day. Will you let me work? I'm relying on it. Where are we going to live? Over the pawn shop. You want to be near your wedding ring, don't you? Do you remember? Do you remember the weddings we had? Five part weddings we had. Church, pub, house, pub, house. Out of the church, ten to three, and you're legging it for the pub. They play the bride down the aisle with... Down the steps of the church, the photographer's trying to stop you. You're shouting, take one big picture and cut it up after. And you book the back room of a pub for a few jars. And of course, you always put Big Uncle Harry on the door to make sure there were no interlopers. But there was always one fella who got through, and he did it brilliantly, didn't he? He comes to the door and he say, uh, someone to come in, like, uh, Ace. Just want a word with the bride's mother, that's all. And she say, what is it, son? Now, you don't know me for Madam Hattie, love, but I was at the service, and I was very deeply touched. I was wondering if you'd pass on my regards to the happy couple. Never mind that, son. Come in. And he's in. Oh. <laughs> Quarter past three, you carry in the crates home. Who's helping you? Ah, mate. <laughs> you get back to the house. There's 12 crates missing, and so was he. You don't know who he was, but he's on all the wedding photographs. <laughs> when they had the wedding at home, the reception was always salad, wasn't it? And it was there a week waiting for you. All curled up like that. Did wallpapers around it. And you'd sit down, they'd say, What are you doing on the corned beef table? You're on the ham table with our family. And air crowds on the potted meat. Move them down. And all the knives and forks had little bits of string on to show who'd lent them. And as soon as somebody dropped a cup, they were all down to see who it was. And you were just about to tuck in and they'd start. Order now, give order, bride's father, one of our own. Go on, Jimmy, speak up, son. Do you remember the bride's father? What a brilliant orator that man was. What a gift of his native tongue. Well, eh... Uh, I'd like to, eh... Uh, you know. But he's written this. Well, I said, thank you all for shooting down here. If you want to make a sarnie out of your salads, you can do. In a couple of minutes, we'll be starting the kitty for the ale. Thank you. And they'd book a turn, and the turn wouldn't come. And they'd say, it's all right, the family out house. You'll sing, won't you, Charlie? Oh, I'll give you an old song, will you? <laughs> so Uncle Charlie would oblige with a rendition. Now, we always had one tooth in the middle of his head. Central Eaton. 
half a woody in the corner of his mouth, his left eye streaming water from the smoke. And you were drunk, but you still knew he was singing rubbish. He sounded the bugs in Down in Mexico wing, yeah. Go on, son, give it stick there, go on. And all the, all the old ones in the corner saying, Isn't he fantastic? Could have been an opera, but he didn't want to leave his pigeons. At half five, you'd adjourn to the pub, and of course you drank steady till about quarter to eleven, and then back to the house for the final burst. But of course, quarter to eleven is the danger period, isn't it? The fight could start any minute now. And the women know it. So they're coming back with their husbands saying, when you get back there, keep your mouth shut. What are you talking about? You were bad enough at me dad's funeral, you. Dancing on the table with no kecks on me, sorry. You're all in the kitchen, eating spare ribs and wiping your hands on your shirt. And Uncle Jimmy decides he'll toast the bride and groom. Now, Jimmy was drunk at quarter to one. He's well away now. Well, I'd like to toast the bride and groom. Now, I know the lad very well. He's my favourite nephew. And the girl seems a nice girl. Despite the family of snides that she comes from. And I'm sure if he tries hard enough, he'll make an honest girl out of it. And the bride's mother's up with those immortal words. Don't you say nothing about that girl. That girl's my wheels. <laughs> if the truth's known, that girl's too good for that lad. And the bridegroom's mother's up. Listen here, Kurtner. <laughs> you want the truth, I'll tell you the truth. Your daughter told lies so she could marry my son. It wasn't him at all. And... <laughs> the poor old bridegroom is trying to split them up. Hey, yeah, ma'am, sit down, my Auntie Mary. Yeah, Mrs. Jones, sit down. Get your hands off my mother, you. I I'm only trying to... Never mind what you're doing, son. You touch my mother again, I'll burst you. Who said he burst our kid on his wedding night? <laughs> the next day, the room's up. Forty of them killing each other. The Ed's going in, the Timpson, everything. It's the dulcest now, you know. And there's always one fella at the back of the fight shouting, Mind the ale, lads! Mind the ale! <laughs> and the bobbies come. You know the bobbies always walk in twos if they haven't got a dog. <laughs> Bodies everywhere, blood all over the floor. What's the trouble? No trouble here, officer. We were doing the okey-cokey and we bumped into each other. <laughs> Those were the days. They were. It's all changed now, come on. It's all different. Our kids had this problem. He's found a change. He married a girl from out of town. Over the water. <laughs> Funny woman, that's he marries. Oh, no, I've got to be fair. Honourable woman. In bad company when she's on her own. <laughs> when she sucks a lemon, the lemon pulls her face. <laughs> and soft. You know what I mean, soft? Tries to make chips with smash. 
you want to see a cook on a Sunday joint? In the oven, she puts a big piece of meat and a little piece. Well, the little one's bad, the big one's ready. You know what I mean? I said to her one day, I said, hey, love, this, this chicken tastes peculiar. She said, the poor thing got burned, so I put some Vaseline on it. <laughs> I don't want to give people... Get you after. Uh, I don't, don't want to give people the wrong idea. Because quite feasibly, this evening, we might have people in the room who are not from Merseyside. I don't know whether we have, have we? Have we any strangers? We have? Oh, yeses and noes. Where, where are the yeses from? What are you doing here? Oh, you know who the visit? What? I? Oh, Liverpool. Oh, dear me. Hey, so nice. Well, see what I mean? Well, we don't teach him on the field. We teach him in the class. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't scare you. Are you? No. Friends, we want to really hear you. This time, tremendously. Um... No, well, for the benefit of our mates from Newcastle then, because they're quite entitled to be sitting there saying, he's talking rubbish, nobody thinks as quick as the fellas he's... I'm, I'm going to prove we are as quick. Friends, I really want to hear it. I haven't said a wrong word. I've said we've got answers to everyone. Okay, the one person we can't fully answer is an agging wife. We know that. Although God knows, men, we've tried. You're going out again, are you? Suppose there'll be women. Don't be chatting any women up. I'm not playing second fiddle to anyone. With a gob like yours, you're lucky to be in a band. We tried! <laughs> so how are you going to pacify this woman? You can't win, you know that. You can't win. So once a year, you take her on holiday. But once in a lifetime, you take her abroad. This is bad. Because a fella from round here, outside the three-mile limit, is lethal. I mean, for a start, we've got different gifts in this area, haven't we? I mean, we all talk the same way. We all say our T's, I guess is. Chris. We make our own words up, we do, don't we? Uh, where have you been? I have to go to vets. The cat's been as sick as a dog. <laughs> what chances have foreigner got with that? You should have seen the notes we used to get in school. Johnny couldn't come today because he hasn't been. <laughs> I've given him something to make him go. And as soon as he's been, he'll come. And you're taking the wife and kids to sunny Spain. You're flying from London Airport and you're taking me, ma'am, and Auntie Mary and all the family down to London to wave their ankies as you take off. And the night before your first ever flight in a plane, you're panicking in the pub. And what are your mates like when you're panicking? Uh, flying somewhere, and they go... <laughs> Always happens in threes and there's been two crashes this week, you know. By the time you get to London, you're smashed out of your mind. You're drunk at Lime Street. Sixteen returns, Jimmy. Where to? Back here, you clown. <laughs> You're going along in the train. The wife says, find out where we are. So you open the window and shout. Porter, where are we? Leatherhead. Same to you, pig face. <laughs> Shut the window. You get down to London. You and the wife and kids go through the customs, and that's an ordeal, going through customs with kids. They'd hang you, wouldn't they? Uh, anything to declare? Uh, no. Any tobacco, spirits, jewellery, watches, cameras? Uh, no. But he was getting near, wasn't he, Dad? 
By the time you've got your fingers off his throat, you're beginning to realise you've been conned. No wonder six weeks in Spain only cost you five quid. You're flying Air Liverpool. And she's there. Your Air Liverpool hostess. Big holes in her tights. White pumps, black laces. Rollers in, Arthur Woody. Welcome aboard, boys. Like this trip is great. Pirates are smashing, fella. As soon as we get him sober, we'll be off. Thinking it could be candid camera. You get on the plane. You sit down and your skipper speaks to you over the intercom. Well, let's uh, Big out of here, eh? Uh, bit bevy light, but, eh? Uh, I'll be all right when we get in the air. I'll open a couple of windows. Now we're going to, um... Uh... What's that? It's that way! I'll tell you after. Now, with regards to crashing... Now, if you're in any danger at all, you'll know straight away because the co-pilot's a chicken. And he'll run down the middle aisle with a parachute, shouting, We're gonna crash! We're gonna crash! Now, while the fear of God is being put up you, me ma'am and Auntie Mary and all the family, they're on the tower of London Airport with the Rankies, and they're all going to wave at the first plane out, and you're not on it. <laughs> and they're there. Bye-bye, happy holidays, cheerio. And you're 200 yards away in a soundproof jumbo trying to attract their attention. Mary! We're over there! You stupid shower, over there! That's your family all over there. That's typically your class. With the gobs on them. Mary! By the time you look back, everyone on that plane is looking at you. And this is when our brand of wit comes into play. Who but a fella from round here could turn and face 340 pairs of hostile eyes with... All right, nose. <laughs> You've all had a good look, have you? All right, come on, come on, come on, come on. And at 25,000 feet, you get your mouth organ out. The wife gets the spoons out. And you're playing, and they won't join in. And you can't understand it, because they do want to chatter. And... By the time you get to Spain, nobody's talking to you. And you're going down the gangplank, and there's a Spaniard shouting at you. Buenos dias, senor. What did he say? I'm taking no chances. I'm going to belt him in the mouth. <laughs> you get to your holiday hotel, and you're signing in. Hello, senor. Is this your wife? Come on, pal. You don't think I'd live in sin with her, do you? You're signing. Now, you've spent all winter 
save it up to go to the warmest place in Europe and sit in the coolest pub. But the wife wants you on the beach and she's annoyed. Now, when the girls get annoyed, they don't talk to you. They talk to you through the kids. Have you noticed? Ask your father, is he going on the beach? Go on. If he was half a man, he'd take you to the circus. If he was half a man, I'd be in the circus. Out on the beach, you've got all your Tarzans of Europe. You've seen them. Big bronzy, bronzy, bikini pants. Oh. And out he comes. Britain's answer. Rolled up trousers. Knotted anky. Vest and braces. It's 103 in the shade. And he's carrying an overcoat. He's paddling in two inches of water. He's got the wife on a rock looking out for sharks. And somebody gives him a deck chair. Have you seen a drunken man trying to put a deck chair up, isn't he great? A swine of a thing, this, look at it. Like the brains of a rocking horse. And a French fella comes to help. Bonjour, monsieur. Clear off, froggy. Never lasted five minutes in the war, clear enough. <laughs> Won't stand to attention for the mayonnaise. Go on. <laughs> the courier takes you out to the Benedictine monastery to watch the monks making the wine. And the little abbot comes up. Now we're going to sample the wine, which the monks make. Now the most that any man can drink and remain standing up is three glasses. Don't give him a challenge, Reverend. <laughs> then the monks will come into the open air and sing the hymns. So they go in for a few scoops. They come out, he's missing. And out come the monks. <laughs> and the last monk out is wearing a knotted anky. The world record is three glasses. This man has destroyed it by two and a half bottles. <laughs> All my life's a shackle. <laughs> There's a monk at the front swinging the incense and he's shouting, Hey, Jimmy, your handbag's on fire. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been a really nice audience. Thank you for having me. Um, you've been a really nice audience, and I couldn't possibly leave you without doing a song dedicated to the fellow I've been talking about since I came on, the working man. So, with the assistance of these three hard-working men, and I'm using the term loosely, have you got a G7? Any of them. <laughs> Over the morning, out of the job. Work like the devil for my pay. While that lucky old son, he's got nothing to do. But roll around heaven all day. The bloke in the butchers with a dog. The dog jumped over the counter, grabbed a leg of lamb, out the door. The butcher said, is that your dog? He said, it used to be, pal, but it fends for itself now. <laughs> Toil for my woman. Sweat for my kids. Work till I'm wrinkled and grey. While that lucky old son, he's got nothing to do but roll around heaven all day. And the bobby that came home found his wife on the couch with three blokes. 
He said, hello, hello, hello. She said, aren't you talking to me? <laughs> Good Lord above, don't you see I'm pining? Tears all in my eyes. Send down that cloud with a silver lining and lift me to paradise. Fella saw the sign. Join our Christmas club. Pay what you like. Take what you want. He went, I said, uh, I want to join a Christmas club. Fella said, how much do you want to start with? He said, Tums. He said, no, you're not leaving yourself short. He said, no, be all right. Went back Christmas Eve. He said, well, a nine-gallon barrel of bitter. And the fella said, you've only got tuppence on your card. He said, it's got it up there, son. Pay what you like, take what you want. <laughs> he said, you can't do that. He said, I can. Got a bobby with me. The bobby said, he can, pal. Trade descriptions act. He's going out the door with the ale. The bobby said, by God, you caught him. He said, well, I'll go back for the three-pound deposit on the barrel. <laughs> Show me that river. Take me across. And wash all my troubles away. Like that lucky old son, give me nothing to do. Ladies and gentlemen, some people think it's nice to be important. I reckon it's more important to be nice. Can I thank you for being a nice audience? Good night and God bless. But round heaven all day. You have been listening to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. As this week, I featured Liverpool comedian Tom O'Connor. That's all for this week, folks, so until I speak to you again next week, this is Graham Stevens saying, keep smiling. We've got some half-price crack ties, some miles and miles of carpet tiles, TVs, deep freeze, and David Bowie OPs, pool games, gold chains, wuss names, and head of push, and Trevor Francis track suits from a mush and shepherd's bush. Push, 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 push. No income tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee. Black or white, rich or poor, we've cut prices at a straw. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.